0: Welcome to our regular episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding, through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Today's episode could easily have been one of our first episodes in this series. Each of our episodes are designed and intended to stand on their own and be able to be listened to in pretty much any sequence but there are some fundamentals so critical that one should make the effort to cover them early. This is one of those for sure, because in this episode we describe what LRH, Mr. Hubbard, refers to as a quote, true group, end quote. If you have the idea of a group as a sort of homogenized whole or generality, you are severely missing the boat. and you are drastically limiting your expansion. It is vital that you understand that a group actually has three parts, and we're gonna go into that today. The reference that we are going to discuss, if you were to line up all of Mr. Hubbard's published writings on the subject of administration or management, chronologically, would actually be at the front of the line, being published on the 9th of January, 1951. It is entitled An Essay on Management. And it would not be inaccurate to say this lengthy article, full of historical references, is the foundation of the Hubbard management system, and one could string a line back to it from almost any of the further principles covered by Mr. Hubbard. It is that embracive and it is that incredible. It is not a short read but a vital one. Harvard College Press has issued it in a series of eight booklets, and if you're interested in purchasing them, you're welcome to drop us a line at info at wiseeastus.org and leave us your contact information, and we will send you out an order form. It's another great excuse to write us along with your wins. So let us know if you're interested in obtaining the full article that we are basing today's episode on, an essay on management at info at wiseeastus.org. Also, don't forget to register for the virtual conference on leadership that I will be presenting live for the Effective Management Association on the 6th of August, 2020 at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. My good friend, Joe Yazbek an experienced leadership coach in his own right, will be hosting and interviewing me, and I'm pretty sure we're going to blow your minds on this subject. So please be sure to register either by clicking on the link on the BusinessWise homepage or by going to www.effectivemanagement.us forward slash conference. That's www.effectivemanagement.us forward slash conference. Or if all else fails, write us at info at and we will set you up. That will be this coming Thursday, the 6th of August at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it will be a two-hour virtual or video conference on leadership with myself, Joe Yazbek, and possibly a surprise guest I invited last minute. He hasn't responded yet, but um, you could be in for a real treat. So please register. You will not be disappointed with the time invested, I I can assure you. On that note, since I've been wrapping my wits around teaching leadership the last couple of weeks, let's get into today's episode, which you will clearly see has everything to do with a lot of things, including, and in particular, leadership. I'm going to start this article near the beginning, but not at the very beginning, and it starts with a definition of management, which you're probably not familiar with. So I quote Mr. Hubbard here, Goals and their proper definition are important because they are inherent in the definition of management itself. Management could be said to be the planning of means to attain goals and their assignation for execution to staff and the proper coordination of activities within the group to attain maximal efficiency with minimal effort to attain determined goals, end quote. So here you have a new definition of management possibly for you, which is the planning of means to attain goals and the assignation or the handing out of the different duties and functions for execution to staff and the proper coordination of the activities because activities need to be coordinated in an organization just like a body does. You know, you can't have a body walking around uh, with the legs and arms out of coordination. It's just gonna fall over. Well, your organization is gonna fall over if you don't keep all the functions of it coordinated. To attain maximal efficiency, obviously you want optimum efficiency and with minimal effort. So you're trying to keep the effort Down no sense in investing a whole bunch of effort, needless effort that's not going to produce anything to attain determined goals. So it's all in the direction of goals. Management for management's sake, we call that a bureaucracy. Management properly is the planning of means and the execution of these means through the group to attain goals. No goals, no group no real management. So goals are pretty important and management's pretty important. So he goes on to say this in the next paragraph, quote, management itself does not ordinarily include the discovery and delineation of the goals of a group. Management concerns itself with the accomplishment of goals otherwise determined. In large companies, the goals of the group Are normally set forth by boards of directors. When this is done, the goals are assigned the nebulous word policy. In governments, goals, when they are assigned at all, generally stem from less formal sources. End quote. Yeah, you can have management without goals. A lot of countries are rolling with management and no goals right now. But management never sets goals. Not really. I mean, goals are otherwise, per Mr. Hubbard here, are otherwise determined. So he goes on to say this, quote, companies obtain usually their, quote, policy, unquote, from an owner or owners who wish to have personal profit and power. Thus, a sort of goal is postulated. Nations obtain their goals from such highly remarkable sources as a jailbird with a dream of a conquered enemy, or a messiah with cross in hand, and Valhalla in the offing. i just take a break for a moment. You may have to clear some of these words. Valhalla, of course, is the hall of heroes in Nordic mythology. Um, a jailbird is someone who's either been in jail or is currently in jail. So you, you get the idea that countries can have their goals set by some rather remarkable individuals in basically pretty much any any walk of life. He goes on to say this about national goals. He says, national goals are not the result of the thinking of presidents or the arguments of assemblies. Goals for companies and governments are usually a dream, dreamed first by one man, then embraced by a few, and finally held up as the guidance of the many. Let's clear what a guidon is, G-U-I-D-O-N. It's a military term, which means a small flag or streamer carried as a guide for marking or signaling or for identification. It can also be the soldier carrying it. So that's a guidon. So go back to this. He says, national goals are not the result of the thinking of presidents or the arguments of assemblies. Goals for companies or governments are usually a dream dreamed first by one man, then embraced by a few, and finally held up as the guidance of the many. Management puts such a goal into effect, provides the ways and means, the coordination, and the execution of acts leading toward that goal. So here we have two divisions. We have the goal, dreamed by a dreamer, or Mr. Hubbard refers to as a goal maker, is one of the terms used. Then you have a management echelon, which manages the group. And there's your third element, the actual producers who are getting things done under the guidance and coordination of management towards a known goal, an established goal. Now, that goal can be... um, an electrifying, inspiring goal, it could be a very mundane goal, uh, the assignment of goals is a critical part of creating uh, a group. And you could say a critical part of creating a, an impactful or dynamic group. Now, there's different qualities that go along with goals. They are well described in this article. We're not going to go into all of those. We're just mainly, in this episode, we're discussing the role or activity of what is known as the goal maker. And there's a very good reason I'm going over this with you now. And uh, I'm going to cover that in the next paragraph. He says, in greater or lesser echelons of groups, whether it is a marine company assigned the goal of taking Hill, X-428, by the planner of the campaign, or Alexander, he's referring to Alexander the Great, or Alexander dreaming of world conquest, and a Macedonian army managing it into actuality, or Standard Oil girdling the world because Rockefeller wanted to get rich. The goal is dreamed by a planning individual or echelon and managed into being by a group. The dreamer, the planner, is seldom an actual member of the group. Usually, he is martyred to a cause, overrun, and overreached. Often, he lives to bask in glory, but he is seldom active management itself. When he becomes management, he ceases to formulate steps to be taken as lesser goals to greater goals, and the group loses sight of its goal and falters it is not a question of whether the dreamer is or is not a good manager. he may be a brilliant manager and he may be an utter flop, but the moment he starts managing the group loses a figurehead and a guidance and gains a manager Hubbard. okay, so I want to give you an example here let's imagine for a moment an inventor has a dream and he invents he, he establishes that there is a need for, let's just say, not to be ridiculous, but let's just say an inflatable Christmas tree. All you got to do is plug it in, it inflates, it's fully decorated, there's your Christmas tree, right? So uh, he creates this thing and he has a dream. His dream is to get into as many homes as possible, you know, throughout the world, whatever it might be. And he goes around there and he's, he's, he's a man with a dream. He's a man with a passion and he pitches it at Macy's. He pitches pitches it at Saks. He pitches it at, you know, all the, uh, you know, toy outlets, Amazon, I guess. He's like pitching this thing. And um Macy says, you know what? This looks hot. We'll take a thousand of them or we'll take 10,000 of them or whatever. Right. And the guy's like, okay, man, we're, 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 we're getting there. Right. This is, this is my dream. And now he's got to now, uh, come up with 10,000 inflatable Christmas trees. So he now starts to recruit people around him. And uh, he needs people to uh, help him get it manufactured. He needs people to handle customer service. He needs people to handle sales. He needs people to handle finance. He needs people to raise money. He's got all these people now he's starting to surround himself with. And uh, this thing starts to take off. And he's looking around and he's looking around. And he's got all these people now working for him. So then uh, somebody comes along uh, and says, uh, hey, bub, you need an organizing board. You know, I bring this up because I just taught you the organizing board. You need an organizing board. You need to start putting some order in here and figuring out who's on what base and how they relate and how they coordinate and so on and so on. And so uh, our inventor here, he looks at uh, uh, an org board. Let's say he takes a look at the seven-division organizing board in the Hubbard Management System. If you haven't studied that yet, it's a couple of episodes before this one. You should. But he's looking at this organizing board. And he looks at the top of the organizing board and he sees executive director or CEO or whatever he sees there. And he kind of looks at that and he goes, huh, I guess I'm the executive director. And you know what? He's not that happy about that. Notice he wasn't exhilarating. He didn't say, hey, I'm the executive director. You know why? Because that's not what he wanted. That's not his dream. Uh, healers get into this. Doctors get into this. You know, they got a whole big old practice now. Now they came in here to heal. They came in here to treat as many people as possible. Next thing you know, they're running a whole show like, and they're not even educated on it, man. Uh, They went to school for X number of years to study medicine or chiropractic or dentistry. Uh, They don't know nothing about management. They're not taught that stuff. And all of a sudden they're management and they start getting into management. And some kind of take to it and some don't. Some are kind of good at it. Some aren't. Uh, the smart ones start studying it, you know, studying management, as you should. Because, look, I'm a manager. I don't know anything about management. There's probably something to know about it. So let's listen to business wise or something like that, right? Or study some courses or hire a wise consultant or something like that. They, you know, they get along somehow. But here's the point I want to make. They are not the manager. They're not supposed to be. They are the goal maker. They are the founder of the organization. If you look at the 21 department organizing board, you'll see the division seven starts with department 21 and counts down. So you've got 21. The awareness characteristic is source. You look at the organizing board, um, Again, some of you asked for copies of organizing boards. I've sent them to you. I invite you again if you're interested, write me at info at wiseeastus.org. And uh, uh, for the members, we have free templates to help them get uh, rolling with putting in their own organizing board. But the point is 21 is source. That's the office of the founder. Department 20 existence is special affairs, legal. This is what makes sure that the Organization is safe and protected. That's not really management either. Okay. 19 is the office of the executive director. That's Department 19. So you have 19, 20, 21. 21 is source. 21 is the founder. 21 is the owner. 21 is the dreamer, the goal maker. Get that straight because if you don't have that straight, you think you're in Department 19. You're starting to slide down the organizing board already. And what happens is your group loses its goal maker. It loses its guidance. And to that degree, it starts to lose its essence as a true group. Very important distinction. The correct realization is not I am the ED. The correct realization is I need an ED. ED stands for executive director. I need a manager. I need a CEO. And I don't care how small your organization is. You could be starting with two people. Like you're getting busy. First hire is a manager. You could do that. A lot of guys do. It's smart to do it that way. Now, of course, you and the manager are doing a lot of the functions hands-on of the organizing board. But anyway, if it's not your first hire, it should certainly be an early hire. Hire a manager if you are a goal maker, a founder, a dreamer. Okay. So he goes on to say this in the next paragraph. He says, the dreamer of dreams and the user of flogs on lazy backs cannot be encompassed in the same man for the dream to be effective must be revered. And the judge and the taskmaster can only be respected. Part of a goal is its glamour. And part of any dream is a man who dreamed it. Democracy probably failed when Jefferson took office as president Not because Jefferson was a bad president, but because Jefferson, engrossed with management, ceased his appointed task of polishing up the goals. So don't make this mistake of combining or identifying these two roles because they're distinctly different. There is the goal maker, there is management, and there is the group. And you need to recognize your role if you are a goal maker or your role if you're a manager. Don't try to be the goal maker if you're being somebody's manager. And don't try being the manager when you're a goal maker. I will say this, he, says, um, he said earlier, he says it is not a question of whether the dreamer is or is not a good manager. He may be a brilliant manager and he may be an utter flop. But the moment he starts managing, the group loses a figurehead and a guidance and gains a manager. Uh, no, I'm not expecting goal makers in wise companies to be uh, managers. I expect them to put management there. But I will tell you from my experience and observation that it is a bad idea for the goal maker not to know and understand the Hubbard management system and depend utterly on his management to put the Hubbard management system in for him or her. That has not been a particularly wise not to be funny, but not a particularly wise move. Okay. There's no getting around that you as a game creator, goal maker, goal finder, whatever you want to call yourself, that you uh, get your confront in and your study in on Hubbard management. That is the only way you can identify whether you have a, an adequate management echelon beneath you and not end up being the effect of that management echelon. Because, you know, if you're going along saying, well, the management echelon knows everything, management echelon knows everything, and they know the Hubbard management system. I don't. I'm, I'm hopeless at this or whatever your thoughts might be. That's that's not very survival. Uh, spend time duplicating, understanding, and learning to apply Hubbard management, even if it's only to make sure that your management echelon is competent and is following uh, the Hubbard management system. So then I uh, I'm going to, basically sum this up with another paragraph from the article from Mr. Hubbard, an essay on management. By the way, there is a ton of information here. I mean, it's so, there's so much data that the Hubbard College Press has issued this article in eight separate booklets. These are all secular booklets. You can show them to anybody. You should have them if you don't have them. You can get them from us at info at wiseeastus.org. We'll we'll give you the details. We'll send you the order form. But I strongly urge every WISE member or any of the listeners here, study and know this reference well, because if you know this, um, a lot of the future information you're studying, all our earlier podcasts and so forth, here you have the foundation. But anyway, back to the article. I'm going to read you one last paragraph. He says, A group then can be seen to have three spheres of interest and action. The first is a postulation of goals. The second is management. The third is the group itself, the executors of the plans, procurers of the means, and enjoyers of the victories. These three factors or divisions must be satisfied to have a successful group or actually a true group, L. Ron Hubbard. So there you have it. That's the truth of it. A true group has three parts. It's not just the group. And they are distinct. And the more distinct you make them and the more everyone knows what they're doing in each part of that, in each of those spheres of interest, you're, you're, the goal maker knows how to formulate goals and formulate plans and set the direction and inspire. And then the managers know how to follow that goal maker and create programs and projects and targets and so forth and hire people and get them trained and do their job as management. And then of course, the third part, third sphere of action, you have a group that is competent, that is proud to be following those goals, um, has loyalty and affinity for the goals and the goal maker Affinity, Reality, and Communication, actually. He goes into that into a lot of detail in essay on Management. There's a whole bunch more to know about this, but know if you make yourself management, you're losing the goal maker and your group will suffer thereby. So moral story, uh, if you're a goal maker, keep setting goals, keep planning, keep dreaming, and put a darn management echelon there worthy of the name who know the hybrid management system, are trained on it, you know We've got so many things now available for you to train on, the uh, Hubbard Management System through the Effective Management Association. We have, you know, we have online training now. You can train your people. You can put a management echelon there. Anybody can. It's almost as easy as pushing a button these days. So if you want information on that, write us at info at More and more members now are getting on the bandwagon and uh, starting to train their, their group and their managers and uh, starting to move uh, across the organizing board into their proper department and their proper hat, which is source of your game or company and goal finder or goal maker. All right, well, that wraps it up. I hope to uh, you will all attend on the 6th of August uh, our video or virtual conference live on leadership. I'm looking forward to uh, meeting some of you and delivering for you. You'll be able to ask questions, of course. It's a a live conference. I'll be interviewed by Joe Yazbek. 6th of August, be there or be square, as we used to say in the 60s. Shoot, I just betrayed my generation, but that's OK. Uh, register on the homepage or write us at info at yz2s.org. If you're interested in the essay on management booklets, write us at info at yz2s.org. Uh, and if you're interested in uh, getting a template of the org board, if you're a member, uh, we will send it to you free info at yz2s.org. And uh, if you just want to share your wins, we love hearing them. And we've been getting some great ones. I've been publishing them in uh, some of them in uh, the Wise Wins Hotwire. A lot of guys doing a terrific job of getting through these interesting economic times. So let that person be you. I want you all winning. Uh, but that's it for now. Talk to you next week uh, on Business World.